Fletcher girl from Flushing. The nanny named Fran. Oh, Mr. Sheffield. Miss uh, uh, Fine. Welcome, welcome. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Oh, Mr. Sheffield, a podcast about The Nanny, a hit sitcom from the 90s starring Fran Drescher. I am Shondi Pasquale here with Toria Sheffield. That's right. And we are here rewatching the show episode by episode. This week, we are on season five, episode eight, Fair Weather Fran. Uh, Toria, mm-hmm. how would you summarize this one? Uh, this is the episode where Fran decides that her dream in life is being a weather girl. And we we meet Yetta's fiance for the first time. And I'll just yeah, spoil yeah, alert. Yeah. It's Ray Charles. I was really <laughs> excited. And I'll also say that uh, fair weather Fran, I believe that's just a play on the phrase fair weathered friend. Yes. Uh, which is, you know, a friend that's only there for you during the good times, not during the bad times. That's one of my mom's um, biggest disses to someone if they're, quote, a fair weather friend. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This episode was written by Rick Shaw and directed by Dorothy Lyman. And I, you know, let's, let's dive right into it because I have, I have some overall thoughts, but let's, Mm -hmm. let's kind of go through it first. So we start off with Sylvie and Fran in the kitchen at the mansion, and Maggie's. She comes down and she's like, "Oh, you know, it's just so cool that Yetta's getting married, Fran. You know, do you know how rare it is for a woman to get married after thirty five? And <laughs> Sylvia just goes, "One in one thousand two hundred twenty five, <laughs> like very dryly." And um, you know, then actually Yetta comes in and. She also talks about how excited she is. And we're just continuing to establish the continuity of the fact that, like, Yetta has a fiance. For some reason, when they first brought that plot line in, like, a number of episodes ago, I thought it would be, like, a throwaway thing that we didn't circle back to. But it's very real. And it becomes even more real because then the doorbell rings. And yet is like, oh, it's him. It's Sammy. I'll get it. <laughs> then we have, like, a very kind of, like, it's like a a very big sight gag. It's very silly because we then cut to Fran and Sylvia. Now they're out sitting on the stairs in the foyer playing cards. And then Yetta finally passes them on her way to the door, (laughs) insinuating that it's taken her so long to get there. And the door opens. It is Ray Charles, music legend. Um, We then have very low-hanging fruit, lame, like, penis-sized joke because I was just like, oh, when I heard it because uh, he comes in and Yetta – not Yetta, sorry. Sylvia sort of has, like, her jaw, like, on the floor. And um, she goes – she says this very loudly. I thought this was so rude. She she goes to Sylvia. She's like, you neglected to mention that he's black. And then Yetta goes – He's black. And then she goes, hmm, no wonder. And then like she and Ray Charles snuggle close. And I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> but the only thing I really did like about that part was Fran goes, Ma, your mouth's hanging open and there's no chewed up snack wells in it. Like first <laughs> time for everything. It was nice to see Ray Charles, I guess. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, it was, that not, one- it was not great. <laughs> not yeah. Great. But just, luckily just this one exchange. Cause I was, yes. I was tearing up at the end, honestly, at the button. Well, but, uh, and I, I was bracing for, oh no, is the whole episode going to be like this? And then it was really just this one scene with this one joke, and then they kind of steer away from 
doing race mm-hmm. Because what the episode really ends up being about, like we kind of get to the heart of it um, in this next scene, Fran is in therapy talking to Dr. Miller and she's explaining that she has this, she just had a dream where yet it was running down a football field, holding a bouquet, running towards Count Basie, who's like a famous, another famous black musician. And he's waiting for Yetta in the end zone. And then Miss Piggy carrying a corned beef sandwich walks by and says, you're not getting any younger. And he's like, Fran, it's, it's clear that you're jealous of Yetta and the fact that she uh, is getting married for the second time when you've yet to be married for the first time. And he's like, you need to shift your focus, right? You need to stop fixating on marriage, look at other things that you want and work on getting the things that you can have, not the things that you don't have, mm-hmm. um, which is good advice. But again, it's very well-worn territory, even for what she talks about with Dr. Miller. And that's more the way I was like, oh, like this will probably be a fine episode, but not my favorite, just because again, it felt well-worn. But then she goes, she's like, you're right. I'm going to focus on becoming a more interesting, mature, independent woman. Maybe then he'll propose, <laughs> which which right. again, is that is something that I feel like people do where Oh, absolutely. They're they're like so focused on like, quote, bettering themselves, but only so they'll become more attractive to other people. Absolutely. And and it's something that Fran would do. Like it it totally tracks with Fran's personality and everything we know about her and the way she like will um, kind of like just – dive headfirst into a new situation or a new plan. <laughs> like, yeah. like all of a sudden, you know, I mean, I mean, it happens twice in this episode because first it's like, she wants to be a weather girl, which came out of nowhere. Uh, yes. And then also she's like, you know what? I'm going to change my whole deal. I'm going to be interesting and mature and independent. And like, and then you're like, okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> But I, well, then we cut back to the mansion, yeah. and Cece's in the office with Mr. Sheffield, and mm-hmm. she's holding the invitation to Yetta's wedding shower. And at first, she's just like dunking on it mercilessly. She's just like making fun of how it's at the old person's home, how it's going to be terrible. But then she's clearly upset when she realizes she didn't get an invitation. And then she's like, it's fine, it's fine. I have lots of better things to do with my time. And then she wanders out going, Yetta, where's my beautiful Yetta? Like clearly trying to score an invite because she truly does. <laughs> (laughs) nothing else going on and this would be the highlight of her week um and then fran walks in and she sits on mr sheffield's desk and she's like you know mr sheffield i finally have a goal a purpose i'm going to become a successful career woman and he's like he's like which is so it's so vague that it made me laugh um and then uh he's like but i thought you wanted to get married and have children and she's like why are you asking? Because I can chuck that pipe dream if you are. <laughs> that also made me chuckle. Um, and well, he, he, them, I mean, them directly calling it out as a pipe dream, it was really funny. <laughs> yeah, yes. And the fact that, like, it's clearly just something to fill her time. Yeah, it's, it's disposable. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and he's like, oh, you know, I think that's the perfect job for you. You're going to be wonderful at that. And she like smiles really widely, but then Gracie walks in and says that she wants to be a jockey. And he's like, that's the perfect job for you, Gracie. You'll be wonderful at that. And he like goes back to his work. And she's like, Rand's like so offended. She's like, you were just humoring me. You think I can't handle the truth. And she, and then um, he's basically comes clean. He's like, well, Yes. I mean, like, this is pretty unrealistic. And it's actually very much mirrors when she decides she's going to be a a famous lyricist, remember? (laughs) Just a few episodes ago. Yes. And 
sort of like with that, she like then accuses him of just being afraid that she will be successful and will leave him (laughs) and like storms out. It really does feel like, like if you divorce it from like, this is clearly a sitcom and they're just trying to tell stories. It is unhinged behavior. (laughs) It is no normal person would ever react, like would ever react this way. Or or decide to be a weather girl this late in life. That's what I mean. In both cases, it's like she's deciding to do something that is completely unobtainable at this stage in life. And then she's like doubles down on it just to prove someone wrong. It's like such weird behavior. And then this made me laugh. She storms out. And then Mr. Sheffield goes over to his little like buzzer intercom and he just goes, Niles. What just happened here? And Niles over the intercom goes, let's roll the tape. And we hear him rewind, which means several (laughs) things. First of all, Mr. Sheffield knows that Niles listens to every conversation he has, like a super creep. And then also that Niles records every conversation. (laughs) And I just wrote, they are so codependent and toxic. Like, like it's so sick that Niles does that, but also Mr. Sheffield knows (laughs) <laughs> it it would almost be like like that movie Secretary. Remember, like it would almost be like some weird like sex play thing, but it's not. It's just that they they're super you, toxic together. You mean the movie Secretary, wherein um, uh, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's sister puts uh, reins in her mouth and pretends to be a little horsey. <laughs> First of all, her name is Maggie Gyllenhaal. Maggie, That's right, right, right. Talked to call her Jake Gyllenhaal's sister. She's Maggie. arguably done even cooler stuff, though. Yeah, like that time I, she pretends to be a horse in the movie <laughs> The Secretary. Remember? Hey, that, she, that movie was such a big deal when it came out. She does, right? She, like, gets on all fours and, like, he, like, yeah, puts, like, a thing in her mouth it, and spanks her. It's a movie about, yeah. like, like a BDSM relationship between a boss and his secretary. And- it feels like everything that people said uh, that uh, – what was that book that everyone – that was like so sexy but then it, – Oh, it's like Fifty not- Shades of Grey. Yeah. It's like what everyone said or thought that was but like actually, you yeah. know? Yeah. I mean it was a pretty – man, that was a, a – what a ride that movie was. I remember it came out. Everyone went crazy for it. <laughs> Because everyone are little shades? perverts. Everyone are degenerate perverts. Fifty Shades, you mean, or this, or this, or the, movie. the movie, the oh. movie. Um, so that although I do love the first Fifty Shades movie, I'm not gonna lie, and I will, I will <laughs> die on this hill. It would have been a great standalone movie. I encourage you guys to watch it and just imagine that it ends at the end of the movie, and there's not two more. It would have been good. <laughs> I, hey, hey, you. You guys should just dabble, watch it, report back to me. Um, but okay, so then um, yeah. after that, that little episode in the office, uh, the doorbell rings and Fran comes down the stairs just as Sylvia comes out from the other room and they both go, if it's my mother, I'm not home. <laughs> and it's it's Yenna and Sammy and Fran greets them really warmly, but Sylvia just goes, hello, mother. Samuel <laughs> and Fran takes her aside and she's like, Mom, why are you being so cold to them? Like, is this because he's black or something? And then she goes, I have all people, I'm not prejudiced. I remember a time when the Jews weren't admitted to the Oyster Bay Country Club. And Fran just goes, That was just you, Ma. And it's because you stole a steak. <laughs> and then Sylvia reveals that the real issue is that she's like, My father's only been dead 25 years and my mother's already moving on. I will never accept that man as my father. 
And I'm like, <laughs> sadly, I could, my mother would have pulled something like this as well <laughs> as a grown woman. Like, like uh, both my grandparents lived to be very old, but had it not happened that way, like every, everyone would have been extremely weird. Like even if one of them had moved on like 30 years later. <laughs> um, and then Sammy overhears Fran and Mr. Sheffield bickering about this whole weather girl stuff because he's, you know, he's at the house. And he's like, you know, my my nephew works down at, at the station. Um, you he could probably help you. And at first, Mr. Sheffield's like super dismissive and he's like, Oh, <laughs> it's fine. Ooh, maybe that would be a good lead for your new quote career. But then Sammy's like, his name's Brian Gumble. Maybe you've heard of him. <laughs> and Brian Gumble being like, one of the like most famous journalists in America. Yeah. <laughs> and um even Mr. even still. <laughs> yes. Yeah, cuz you know, he wasn't just a journalist, but then he was like on the Today show and hosted the yeah. early show, so he was one of those journalists that transitioned from like like a journalist who is then in your living room every single day, like as you he, get ready for work, like, you know. He, um, he's got a very distinctive voice too. Like Brian Gumble sounds very distinctive. Um and it was crazy to hear that voice, which really is unchanged, uh, and see it coming out of like a guy so much younger than I, I picture him now. You know, no, he was know. so he's like a baby here. I was like, oh my god, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's crazy. Um, and but then Mister Sheffield's like, Brian Gumble is your nephew, and he's kind of horrified because he's like, oh no. Fran might actually get a really good lead from this. And then as soon as Sylvia hears it, she just goes, Papa. (laughs) Because she's so opportunistic. Right. And then in the next scene, this was so funny. Fran is up in her bedroom rehearsing for her weather girl audition with Val and Gracie. And (laughs) she's like, you know, has like these posters up for her cue cards. And she's like coloring them in. And then she's like, Gracie, okay, you're going to be the newscaster. So, you know, you just, you just say something that sounds newsy and then you cut to me. And then Gracie's like, okay. And then she just pretends to look at a camera and goes, Today, President Clinton and Chinese President Zhang Zemin signed a pact eliminating nuclear proliferation. Sorry, even I can't say it. Eliminating <laughs> nuclear proliferation in the Far East. And then there's just this beat where Val and Fran stare off sort of mindlessly. And Val just goes, she talks good. <laughs> and I laughed so hard. <laughs> They're so dumb. And then we cut to Fran's you know, fake little weather report. And in true fan fashion... Um, it's, it's really more just about what you should wear in the weather. She she, (laughs) she was like, yeah, she's like, you know, I recommend something, you know, like some sunny, but a little autumnal. And then she also says that if a cold front is comes through, she recommends that single women wear bikinis so they'll catch pneumonia and quote, God willing, meet a nice doctor. (laughs) It was such a Fran way to do the weather. And I actually loved it. And I, I also was like, you know, I'm not going to lie. This would be so handy if weather reports came with like, oh, light jacket. Oh, you should probably wear pants. Like, you well, know, and I'm- it's one of those things where it's like, it sounds stupid when you first hear it, but then it's one of, it's like, oh, well actually though, it would be an interesting like service to have to like just translate weather into like wear like a really heavy jacket or just like a hoodie or, you know. If someone but- did that work for me, it would be like, 
yeah. such a benefit. If someone was like, oh, yeah, like, you know, probably wear like a T-shirt earlier, but if you're going to be out past five, definitely bring a sweatshirt. Like little stuff like that where it truly gets me every time because I'm like, it's so hot right now. There's no way I could possibly feel differently later. <laughs> like, uh, and then I'm always like, oh, I'm so cold. <laughs> um, so then – uh, later that day, Mr. Sheffield is in the foyer putting on his coat and he tells Niles that he has a meeting with his lawyer. And Niles is like, oh, you know, his office is right by the studio where Miss Fine is having her audition today. Maybe you can stop by and ruin it. And, then, and Mr. Sheffield is like, Niles, do you really think I'm that insecure? And so then Niles walks out, but Gracie walks in and she's just like, I'm ready, daddy. And he's like, perfect. Let's go over it one more time. And then Gracie just pretends to cry and goes, Fran, I really miss you. I'm afraid to be alone. Please come home. And then Mr. Sheffield's like, fantastic. And don't forget to wait for my signal. <laughs> so he really is that petty. <laughs> And but, but like they but they they do this to each other a lot. Like this is not the first time we've seen either Fran or Mr. Sheffield use the children as props to to get back at the other one or to manipulate the other one in some way. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> to the point where um Gracie's like, Dad, like I can't believe you're using me to manipulate another person. It's mm-hmm. so Fran. And he's like, Thank you, sweetheart. <laughs> We then go to the station and um, Fran sees Brian Gumbel um, and he tells her that they don't actually have a spot for a weather girl, but they do have a spot for an uh, editorial commentator position. And she's like, oh, okay. Like, why not? Like, she clearly has no idea what it is. And he's like, we'll do your screen test today. So we get that in there. Also, the- it's mm-hmm. like, I-, I had so many problems with this because first of all, it's like, where does she even come up with this idea to be a weather girl? I assumed all the way up until the scene that like there was some job opening somewhere. Mm-hmm. Like, but it's even weirder that there's not even like a job she's applying for. She just shows up to a news place and is like, I want to be a weather girl. And then it's also like, it, it, from the standpoint of like, they could have just written it to be a weather girl job that she auditions for, why change it to editorial commentator? Like, it just, I didn't understand. Um, I didn't understand why any of the choices that were made were made. You know what I mean? So it's like, for me, it was a weird thing where I kept thinking like, oh, this is so crazy. Like, why would she just walk into the station and assume there was a weather girl position? And then in my head, I would do this thing where I was like, oh no, but it makes sense. Like, because Brian Gumpel's uncle's Ray Charles, so it's probably, you know, when a celebrity requests something, they try to accommodate. And then I would have to go, but wait, no, he's not Ray Charles in the show. He's just right. Brian Gumpel's uncle. Yeah, he's just so, a dude named no, Sam. But, but I kept, for a second, I kept being like, oh, yeah, like, you know, clearly, you know, everyone feels like they have to humor him because he's Ray Charles. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> Makes even less sense. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. 
What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. But so um, we then cut back to the mansion and Cece is bribing Brighton to take her as his plus one to get a shower. And she give, she pays him and then leaves. And then Niles comes in. He's like, does she know that you're not even going to the party and that she's going to be your plus one to the Klingon booth at a Star Trek convention? <laughs> and he's like... No, he's like, but I should probably tell her it's so cruel. And then he puts his hand out, basically being like, pay me or I will tell her. So then uh, Niles, like, you know, pops a 20 in his hand and Brighton's basically like, oh, like, it's a lot crueler than that. And he does it in a, who's the, who's the actor? I'm going to say, Bo- it's not Bones, the Scottish guy. Uh, Whatever. Oh, from Star Trek, you mean? Mm-hmm. A Scotty. Scotty. Oh my gosh, of course. I'll never forget the Simpsons joke where they cut to, they're all watching Star Trek and Scotty goes, he can't press a button and he goes, I can't do it, sir. I'm just too fat. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, so so we established that that happens and it kind of bummed me out because that doesn't pay off later. Like I 100% thought we would cut to to Cece being stuck at a Star Trek convention. But so then we go back to the station and Brian Gumbel, He's doing the screen test with Fran. And he's like, okay, Fran, I'm just going to like give you a topic and you just give me your thoughts on it, okay? And he goes, gene therapy. <laughs> so then Fran looks into the camera and she's like, oh, I'm very pro-gene therapy. When you're feeling down, just slide into a pair of jeans <laughs> that make your tush look good. Do it whenever you need a pick-me-up or need a better grade point average. Ah, which is such She's so stupid. <laughs> such bad advice. And then Brian Gumbel's just basically like, we'll be in touch. Uh, and then he also is like, he's like, Fran, no, no, no. Gene therapy means altering your genes uh, with DNA. And, and he, she's like, why would you do it? The dry cleaner already overcharges. And he's like, no, Fran, not jeans, jeans. But so once he says we'll be in touch, he then whispers to a producer. He's like, uncle or no uncle, I'm having him committed. <laughs> Which <was> so dark. <laughs> um, but that whole thing falls apart just as Mr. Sheffield and Gracie arrive. And it's just in time for Fran to tell them that it was like a total disaster and he was right all along and she should never try new things. And she's like not good enough for this kind of job. And he very, very sweetly, actually, he's like, Miss Fine, like, no, he, you know, the whole reason I came down here is because I thought you would be successful and I was trying to sabotage you. <laughs> and, and she's like, oh, that's so sweet. They're so dysfunctional at this point. I know, I know. Uh, but I was like, oh, it's kind of him to confess such an embarrassing uh, is, plan is, just to make her yeah. feel better. Yeah. And they leave just as Sammy and Sylvia enter. And Sylvia's like hanging on his arm. And Ray's like, I'm here to see my nephew, Brian Gumble for lunch. My little girl is anxious to meet him. <laughs> and <laughs> Sylvia's like, this is my daddy. <laughs> just, just the way like a little child would. And then the button... I don't know why, but it like made me teary-eyed. It was Yetta right. sitting next to Sammy at the piano in the mansion. I'm like, the, it's candlelit, like low lighting. And he is singing her a love song called His Yiddish Mama. <laughs> and yeah. the thing that teared me up is you could tell that Anne Morgan Gilbert is like genuinely smiling. Like I, to me, yeah. it felt like she almost was breaking character because it was just such a cool, delightful moment, probably in real life. 
And it was yeah. just like, it was a it was really cute. sweet moment. And I was also like, oh, I was like, I'm really happy that Sylvia, not Sylvia, that Yetta is like actually clearly so in love. And that's, you know, like, um, I was like, I hope they don't kill him off <laughs> because mm-hmm. this is so cute. Yeah, I liked it a lot. I thought I thought the ending was was really adorable, and uh, you know, it's always cool to get a free Ray Charles concert. You know, <laughs> I was like, oh, cool, we're getting so, the whole Ray Charles uh, song. This is awesome, and um, also so different from that. Um, remember that? God, that artist who they brought back, who they were claiming Brighton would be excited for a few weeks ago. <laughs> that like oh, uh, swing that like revivalist swing brian setzer <laughs> yeah brian so, setzer. such a contrast but so that was the episode that was the episode i would say that this was a solid six out of ten yeah i mean hey they can't all be tens of tens no impossible. no Pass. It was a passable episode. Not my favorite. Not certainly, you know, not like super flawed or anything. Just like, just okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe seven out of ten because of the Ray Charles of it all. He gets a mm-hmm. He buys him an extra point. Um. All right. Well, then that means it is time to do segments. Segments. And now segments. So. Segments. Yeah, no, I think we should move on to segments. I to say we can move on to our segments. And now segments. Segments. Uh, with Sean and Toria. <laughs> yeah. All right. Coming at you with segments. First up, mm-hmm. we have favorite lines and moments. Mm-hmm. Toria, what do you got? Um, what do you got? <laughs> I really liked when um, Val and Fran were rehearsing for the Weather Girl audition. And Val's basically like, Fran, if you get this job, there's going to be so many opportunities that open up for you. And then Fran's like, you're so right, Val. Remember that movie, Up Close and Personal? Michelle Pfeiffer started out as a weather girl, and then look who she became. Val goes, who? And Fran goes, oh, well, Michelle Pfeiffer for one thing. (laughs) Um, They've really really nailed – uh, Val and Fran's dynamic this season. Like every time the two of them show up, it's like a great joke, you know, every time. Yes. yes. It's great. Um, I also really liked when, when Fran found out that Mr. Sheffield was going to try to use Gracie to, uh, to like ruin her chance at this job. She goes, okay. She's like a little advice. The next time you use a child to manipulate an adult, you got to give them a protein, not a carbohydrate. They lose their concentration. <laughs> I just love that. That was one of mine too. I liked it. The other one is my, my, I had one specific line that I thought was really great is my, literally my favorite line of the whole episode. And it is, uh, Yetta saying, um, I got an ounce of glaucoma medication that the doctor (laughs) grew for me, (laughs) which is just such a funny way of saying the doctor gave me weed. Uh uh An ounce of glaucoma medicine. The doctor grew. I also like the doctor grew it. It was because it's also (laughs) like, wait, does she think her weed dealer is her doctor or (laughs) is her doctor also a weed dealer? Yes. It's funny no matter what way you slice it. And then it's also that the tag to that, to that line was, um, she says, uh, it makes me kind of loose. And Fran goes, oh, you mean sexually? And Yetta goes, no. <laughs> oh, I know. You're like, uh-oh. So, so gross. <laughs> oh, no. 
Uh, I thought that was really funny. (laughs) Uh Um, Yeah, and those are my favorites. Again, it was a it was a fine episode, but it didn't. It wasn't like chock full of my favorite lines. Yeah. And for Yiddish, we had Tush. Just a little Tush, rough Tush. Yeah. And and another one. Which one? Which one? Oh, you missed it! You missed it. Zegazunt. Oh, what does that She's, mean? She, so she signs off at the end of her little editorial commentary. Like she signs off. She goes, signing it off, uh, Zegazunt, which is, uh, it, it's, uh, it means like be healthy. It's Yiddish. Wait, what, for it. what is it again? Say it one more time. What, in, in Yiddish or? In English, it cut out. Oh, it means be healthy. Oh. Yeah. Zegazunt, be healthy. I think I assumed it was some sort of German, and then I didn't look it up. <laughs> well, it does come from the German expression uh, "say gesund," um, which also means be healthy. But ah, okay, okay, interesting. Yeah. Okay, well, I, I met one slipped through the cracks this week. Um, for Nanny trivia. Yeah. Well, firstly, Ray Charles appears in four episodes of the Nanny. So he's going to, so I'm like, I'm like, please don't kill him off. I hope he's just remains a fixture as yet as a husband. What a weird choice where they're like, Hey, good news. We locked in Ray Charles for a four episode (laughs) guest in as Yetta's husband. And and I I don't, I I couldn't find details on how it happened, but I know that Fran like personally asked him. (laughs) Amazing. And also Coolio will eventually play his nephew. (laughs) <laughs> yep and i also went down a ray charles rabbit hole um okay. his life is so fascinating like i recommend everyone like just go read about him like i actually i hadn't seen like the movie ray which came out you know quite a while ago now um so maybe some of our younger listeners also wouldn't have but you know just a little background on him in case you know there are some people who are younger than us that might not know that much about ray charles but you know, he was an American singer, songwriter, pianist, and an alto saxophonist. And he's regarded as one of the most iconic and influential singers in history. Mm-hmm. He was often referred to by contemporaries as the genius. Cool. Um, and, you know, the other famous thing about him is he was blind. And I didn't know this. I assumed he was born blind because I think in my head, I like, I was associating it with one of those things where it's like, oh, like maybe not having sight, like increased his other senses and that's part of his musical ability blah 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 but no i completely made that up he was blinded during childhood possibly due to glaucoma he started losing his sight at age four and was completely blind by age seven and again he just like if you read about his early life it is a wild ride like you know grew up having almost nothing you know lived with like his mom was sort of like the help in this family and like the head of the house ended up impregnating her. And it was kind of this like, you know, like first it was this big scandal, but then they moved back into the house and the guy's Mm -hmm. wife like helped raise him with the mom. And then the guy ran off with a different woman. It just seemed like a lot of like, you know, a lot of early displacement and, and, but like him and his mom and his little brother being like a team together throughout all of it. Um, and he, he actually said later in life, cause his mom died when he was 14 and his, his brother, his little brother died earlier than that. And he's like, those were the two biggest tragedies of my life. And, uh, Frank Sinatra called Ray Charles quote, the only true genius in show business. Um, and Billy Joel said, this may sound like sacrilege, but I think Ray Charles was more important than Elvis Presley. 
Wow. Um, I mean, I would agree with, I would agree with that because, um, uh, Elvis Presley sucks and (laughs) stole most of what he did from people of color and Ray Charles was great and was, uh, was actually a person of color, you know? So yeah. Well, it says Charles pioneered soul music, the the soul music genre during the fifties and combined blues, jazz, rhythm, and gospel styles in, sorry. Yeah. Uh, rhythm and gospel styles into the music he recorded. He contributed to the integration of country music, rhythm and blues and pop music during the sixties with crossover success on ABC records. Um, he became the first black musician to be granted artistic control by a mainstream record company. And then this was, I had no idea about this. So he had a very addictive personality. Um, and he famously really, well, maybe not famously because I didn't know this, but he struggled a lot with alcohol, heroin, and also women. He claimed women were his third addiction. He had a chess hobby. And it says Charles oh. enjoyed playing chess as part of his therapy when he quit heroin. He met with psychiatrist Friedrich Hacker, who taught him how to play chess three times a week. He used a special board with raised squares and holes for the pieces. When cool. questioned if people try to cheat against a blind man, he joked, you can't cheat in chess. I'm going to see that. In a 1991 concert, he referred to Willie Nelson as his chess partner. In 2002, he played and lost to the American grandmaster and former U.S. champion Larry Evans. Like, what a mind to not only be playing chess at a pretty high level, but to do it while visualizing the board without yeah. seeing it. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, unless unless um, everyone was just too afraid to ch- tell Ray Charles he was really bad at chess. <laughs> <laughs> like, we can't tell him. He's, a G- he's too good. That's pretty cool, though. Right? That's really neat. Yeah. What a fascinating I like, guy. I know. That, that's why I was like, you know what? Like, everyone just go read about him. When, like, when, I, did he, uh, when did he pass away? I want to say like 2004, but that might have actually been when the movie Ray came out. So, I, But hey, guess what? I can Google it really fast. Ray Charles. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, yeah, 2004. Yeah. 2004. Wow. I, I was always a fan of his music, but I never really did a deep dive into like his, his life, but that sounds fascinating. So yeah, maybe you got to see that movie. (laughs) That's what I thought. Literally after this, I was like, I think I should see Ray. Like like, it sounds like a good ride. Um, but yeah, so that's just, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he actually, I think he won the Oscar for that performance. Hmm. Um, but anyway, so a little deep dive into okay. the special guest star, Mr. Ray right. Charles, the Fran or the CC. Who did you relate to or anyone? Um, well, you know, I would have to say that I related to uh, no one this episode. It was a mm. tough one for me. I, I didn't really. Not even Brian Gumpel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Brian. I related to Brian Gumpel. Because I too am a journalist, mm-hmm. and I work and for CNN. You're a truth sayer. I am. I am a truth sayer and a soothsayer. Mm, and a witch. And a witch. Yep. And and I'm drunk. Oh. <laughs> See, he's what about a, you? Who did you? Mul- who? What is it when you're a when you're a mult? They say like that's that word for multi talent. A multi hyphenate. Yep. Multi hyphenate. Yep. Yeah, podcaster i'm multi hyphenate mm-hmm. I'm, I'm drunk right now <laughs> <laughs> um i said i related to the mr sheffield oh, that's actually I- that's actually really funny like 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 <laughs> a boss comes into like a like a bullpen and goes like hey 
Jim, are you drunk at work right now? And then he goes, hey, I'm a multi-hyphenate. <laughs> <laughs> I can do a lot of things well at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> um, All right. Sorry. I I felt like the Mr. Sheffield because I can be petty and jealous mm. and not admit it. Mm, it's true. You you are a petty being. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we all petty. say that about you. Everyone says that. <laughs> they say it behind my back and to my face. Yeah. No, but yeah. I actually – here's the thing. I actually think that people are really surprised when they know that about me because I, I would hide it very well and I seem really like even keeled. Mm. But um, I can be jealous. Mm. Well, that's a that's that's good of you to to admit. I, I'm not I am not a jealous person really at all, to the point where like I've definitely been like walked all over because like I didn't get jealous enough, you know. Like, <laughs> oh, I think I like, remember this. You know, story. like this is fine. This is fine. You know, like oh yeah, they're just friends. This is fine. Oh oh, what's that? Oh, they're making out over there. <laughs> uh oh, no, it's the opposite. I'm like. What's that? A female coworker? Give me your phone. <laughs> like, but, not, like, but, but like, I find it to be like my least attractive and most embarrassing quality. Oh, that's interesting. And yeah. I don't. The thing is, I don't actually like demand to see the phone. It's more sure. that I kind of drive myself crazy. Like, but you get coming that up feeling. with stories. Yeah. yeah. No, I I really don't. Um, I really don't. I don't get that way because I I feel very much like if that's going to happen. It effectively ends everything between us. So mm. like, whatever, you know, like if that's what it is, then that's what it is, I guess, you know, just, yeah. um, you're not to gonna be paranoid you're, you're, about you're, it. You know? You're going to just roll over and accept it. <laughs> I'm just out of here. You know, I would just be, <laughs> no, you're be like, Bye. Um, no, I mean, that's, that's like a, a lot of self-worth actually be like, Oh yeah. If you're, if you're considering it, then like we have nothing anyway. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's the only self worth I actually have. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, all right. Well, well speaking of which, I think that's a whole that's a whole episode of our show, right? Oh yeah. All right. Okay. So speaking of self worth, you can reach out to us and tell us how great we are at Oh Mister Chef Pod on Instagram or on Twitter, which is currently a a, a, a horrible hellscape uh, to be. So I I don't blame anyone uh, if they're not on Twitter. Uh, mm -hmm. Or you can email us at oh Mr. Sheffield Podcast. I do have to give a special shout out um, to all of our truly lovely, wonderful fans because ever since I made a pleading for people to please, please send us emails, we got so many emails. Um, I know I read one last week, uh, but I, I I will read another one. So this one it comes in uh, from. Uh, from a fan, I won't. I won't say uh, who, but let's just say this. This person says that they're a new mom um, who has, you know, very little alone time. She says, but in a few moments, I do get. I enjoy the trip down memory lane to revisit one of my favorite childhood shows of all time. I discovered your podcast while restarting the series for probably the tenth or hundredth time. Nobody else I know is really into it. So listening to your show is like reminiscing with two friends every week. Every rewatch, oh. I become more aware of just how many innuendos were actually sprinkled in. They clearly went over my head as a kid and a young adult. Thanks so much for the uh, much needed health, mental health break every week. Look forward to your dinosaurs rewatch. So oh. this is big for a couple reasons. First of all, it's really nice that people are sending us emails. Um, and I encourage you to continue doing so. Second of all, this might be our first official fan vote 
for us to do a dinosaurs podcast after mm-hmm. this one. Right? Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about it. I know. Also, that's such a lovely email. Thank you. I'm sure we could say this person's first name. I don't think that's giving too much. I like it when someone shouts out my name on stuff, but Oh yeah, but probably, right? That's not like doxing yeah. someone. All right. Well, well, that came from uh Jessica. So thank you, Jessica. Hi, Jessica. Thank you. Hello. Thank you for listening. And uh we're happy to, you know, another alternative to a little mental health break, you know, as a as a mom is let us babysit the kid. Just put the kid <laughs> in the room, turn on yeah. uh episode one of the podcast, and just let the podcasts play. You know, yeah. that's uh as good as having a babysitter. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And I'm sure it's the content that babies crave. It is the content babies crave. That's actually the um, <laughs> log line for the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> content <laughs> babies crave. Uh, okay. Well, anyway, thanks everybody so much. We will, uh, you'll hear, rather, you'll hear us next week and have a really good week, everybody. Yep. Goodbye. Goodbye. The Flushing Girl from Flushing. Name Fran. Oh, Mr. Sheffield. Uh, uh, Miss Fine. <laughs>